Welcome to CEO On The Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm your host, Gail Lance, and together we'll be exploring the people side of leadership. You'll learn how to better engage and inspire those around you and yourself. So let's get started. Welcome to another special episode of CEO On The Go podcast. I'm really glad that you're here today. And I'm jumping right in because I'm thrilled to have as my guest, one of the world's leading futurist speakers on global trends and disruptive innovation. His name is Daniel Burris, and the New York Times has referred to him as one of the top three business gurus in the highest demand as a speaker. Daniel is a strategic advisor to executives from Fortune 500 companies. He's the author of seven books, including the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal bestseller Flash Foresight, as well as the international bestseller Technotrends. His latest book is The Anticipatory Organization, Turn Disruption and Change into Opportunity and Advantage. And isn't that something that we should all want to do? I'm guessing that you would agree. I've experienced Daniel as an excellent teacher because as I've been learning from him through his books and the anticipatory leader system, it helps me in my own consulting work with senior executives at organizations in different industries. And so it was kind of hard to know where to start the conversation because there's only so much that we could cover in a relatively short time, but I think we hit the mark. I think that we addressed some of the most critical issues that are probably on your mind right now. So I can't wait for you to listen to this value-packed conversation with Daniel Burris. Daniel, welcome to CEO On The Go podcast. Hey, thank you. What a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, I, I think the last time I saw you in person was actually at a convention, and I'm not sure if it was actually you, because it may have been some kind of hologram when you were on stage. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I do some hologram speaking uh, where I beam in in life size on a stage. I could be in California speaking in Saudi Arabia, and it's pretty interesting. Although, you know, most of the time I'm with myself, but <laughs> I mean, I'm just me. Although I, I will, I will mention a fun part that I've done just to show you the possibilities of today, because there's not many doing this. And I'm probably the only one doing it. I'm about to tell you. And that is, um, I will be speaking live. And then I will beam in next to me from the future. And I'll have a conversation with the future me. And audiences love that. So that, I've been having fun with technology, which we should all be doing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's great. That flashback just came to me because I think that's the last time that I had seen you sort of in person. So anyway, I thought we would just kickstart the conversation with um, kind of a scenario or question that comes up a lot in, in the clients that I'm working with. A lot of them are just now scrambling to try to figure out how to get back to work. I just did a previous podcast on that called uh, Returning to the Strange New World of Work. So their focus has been on how do we how do we just get back to, to some new sense of normalcy. But I know, and you know, they need to be thinking more futuristically. So how, how do we have conversations or how can leaders understand the importance of thinking more about the future at this point when they feel like they're so immersed in just trying to, to manage the, the pressures of today? Well, great question. First of all, uh, one of the reasons I uh, love riding my Harley Davidson motorcycle is there's no reverse. 
You see, <laughs> you can't go back. You can only go forward. Yeah. So those of you that are trying to get back to where we were are making a mistake already because you can't go back. The world has changed. Uh, have you changed with it? Secondly, instead of going forward to a modified version of what we did in the past, I would like us to truly transform our processes, our products, our services, our businesses, and take advantage of the dramatic acceleration and technological change that has happened in the last year. And let me just take a minute to talk about that. And that is uh, uh, humans don't like to change, basically. We change when we have to. And the pandemic, when it became a global pandemic and we locked down on a global level, remember back in March, because we didn't know much about this virus, what that did was it forced us to change. All of us, we were forced to change. By the way, organizations run by humans, they don't like to change either. So we were forced to go digital. So we started buying online. E-commerce accelerated easily eight to 10 years in just a matter of months. Uh, doctor's visits went virtual. Schools were teaching virtually. And by the way, all these things were available long before the pandemic, but they were dramatically accelerated. Actually, I've uh, written about uh, 16 dramatic accelerations of between five and 10 years in a matter of months. So here's the point. If you've got technology accelerating beyond exponential, because it was already exponential, doubling, and you know what you have? You have an exponential acceleration of opportunities. And we are not going to be able to see those if we're doing, trying to get back to normal and crisis managing. So I brought up the word transformation. Let me, I can't, I can't leave that alone. It's all right. Keep going. Because most of us think we're transforming a process, product, or service, but really just changing it because we don't know the difference. So I'll just give you the quick version of that because we only have so much time. Here's the quick version. Change always comes from the outside in, causing you to react, crisis manage, put out fires. That's why agility is such a powerful strategy because it, uh, agility is reacting as quickly to a change, to a problem, to a disruption as possible. Um, at, so at, that, that's what agility is. It's a defensive mode. What I've been writing about in my books, uh, the latest one, Anticipatory Organization, is how to anticipate problems before you have them so you can pre-solve them. How to anticipate disruptions before they disrupt so you have a choice to be the, the disruptor or the disruptor. So there are two sides to the strategy coin. And, uh, and of course, what we want to talk about is not the agility side, which is important, but you need more than offense uh, or rather defense. You need offense. That's what we'll talk about, the anticipatory side. Yes. So how how do leaders help their organizations do that more effectively when you know some of them aren't even up to date on say technology trends where they should be just to be doing well today and to be competitive today? Well, uh, one of the uh, uh, things that I've been teaching for many, many decades is about trends and about opportunity and growth. And most of us don't spend a lot of time with trends, and I know exactly why. Hey, some happen and some don't. It's kind of like a crapshoot. So we'll spend a little time looking at it. But uh, this is based on 35 years of research, uh, and it is uh, a proven methodology. I mean, I'm on the futures group of the Pentagon. They're using it, uh, Google, Amazon, but smaller companies are using it too. My point is, so can you. And here's the thing, two things. Number one. There's no shortage of trends, problem which ones will happen. I've solved that. All trends are either in the category of a hard trend, 
based on a future fact that will happen. And the key ingredient here is it cannot be changed. And, or it's a soft trend based on an assumption that may or may not happen. Now, it might be highly likely, but that doesn't make it a hard trend. And when you start looking at trends, whether they are a future fact versus an assumption, you have some really great ways going forward. Secondly, um, a trend by itself, frankly, is boring. It's academic, unless you attach an opportunity to it. So the minute you are talking about a trend, if you don't say, and by the way, here's the opportunity, you've really made it an academic discussion. But when you talk about the opportunity, it bursts into actionable life. So the hard trend opportunity is, you can see a disruption, a change, you can see problems before they happen. The opportunity is then to take each one of those and what's the opportunity? In other words, do we wanna be the one uh, leading this because it's gonna happen anyway, we're gonna get disrupted by it or do we wanna be a positive disruptor? creating the transformations that need to happen to elevate our relevancy and accelerate growth. Because again, if we don't do it, someone else will. And the advantage of a soft trend is it can be changed. If you don't like it, you can change it. So quick, quick examples. I'm reading your mind now and you're going to ask me. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, give us an example. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of forecasted that you would ask me that. So, You're good at right. anticipating. I'm being that. anticipatory already. <laughs> so a quick example would be, let's say um, in the pandemic, you were either, uh, you know, in which we still have going on at the moment, um, you're either doing really well, you're selling RVs, you're selling campers, you're selling tents, you're selling boats, you're selling Kleenex, I mean, whatever it is, you're doing amazingly well, which means you're also crisis managing because you're just trying to get supplies and keep it going. Um, if you are, um, or if you've been hurt by this and been shut down, your restaurant or many of the other businesses, uh, you're just trying to say, how can I get back to where I was? Again, mistaking uh, the opportunity there. So uh, in this case, what you want to do is take a look at, let's take a look at sales going down. Let's say your sales have been going down throughout the pandemic really badly. And the pandemic isn't officially over yet, and you're getting some hope, but when are they coming back? By the way, hope is not a strategy. So the advantage of a soft trend is, you don't like it, you can change it. So you can continue to write it down, or you can do some strategies to change it for you. You know, I can't change the world, but I can change what happens with this business. And I've helped many companies, and if you'd like examples, I can give them to you, where they thought they were gonna be going out of business back a year ago in March and April, and just in talking to them for 30 minutes, they grew and hired people. So it's really a different way to look. So you got hard trends and opportunities uh, because that lets you become a positive disruptor yourself, knowing the default is I will be disrupted because it's going to happen. And a soft trend is if I don't like it, I can change it. Now, I got many more examples, but I'll let you ask me some questions. Yeah, I just because I have um, specific interest in some industries, those that I'm, I've been doing more work for and just have a personal interest in, education is one. Some of the trends that you might see in education, how is education being impacted? What are some of the trends that um, people need to be paying attention to in that field? Well, one of the things uh, we've done is made sure that we realize the power and the importance of bandwidth for students and people that don't have access to it. And uh, that because that, like electricity, is something that we should all have access to. Um, secondly, we've learned uh, that you can do instruction remotely, 
but teachers need training. And the flaw was, of course, they were stuck immediately. Here's the equipment, go do it. And like we're any worker, we struggle learning how to do it. And they're still kind of trying to get their act together. So one of the things that I teach in my anticipatory leader learning system is the both and principle. And that is the future is not either this or that, it's this and that. So as we go back, what education has learned is, you know, we now know how to do some of this remote education. Maybe we do that for remedial. Maybe we do that for student coaching that's struggling. Maybe we do that for some counseling because we've done it already. We've already got the equipment in place. People as students know how to do that now. And secondly, why not bring in some educators that are the educators of the year and beam them into classrooms where you have a regular educator and is getting some insights from them. So there's all sorts. Now I could go into many things like gamification and other tools, but you get the idea. Yeah. How about healthcare? That's another um, huge field. So much, so much change there and so much opportunity. What would you advise people in healthcare organizations in healthcare to be thinking about? Yes, exactly. Well, first of all, uh, once again, um, healthcare has been dramatically accelerated from digital and what we've been doing. Uh, I mean, try to make an appointment right now and you'll get a virtual appointment where they do kind of a, a triage to see if you really need to see the doctor. By the way, that's not going away. That was available for the last 15 years for healthcare. They just weren't using it. They had to. Now they've learned how that isn't going away. But you will still go in and see your doctor. Uh, again, it's a both and world. But beyond that, uh, what we're doing is we, we're learning how to uh, use digital remote monitoring. Uh, our phones, hard trend, are getting smarter and smarter with every iteration. Uh, we're putting more and more in the cloud. That's not going away. That's not a soft trend. AI is growing exponentially and beyond. So when we look at all of that, I can do remote disease management. Uh, I can make sure a big expense is patients coming back after they've been sent home because something developed. But if I can give them a, a device that works off their smartphone so we can monitor them while they're home to make sure if there's something starting to happen, we can get them in for treatment before it develops into something bad, which was what the past was. We can have a less expensive future. It, so this whole digital transformation, frankly, healthcare is at the base of a mountain of it. They're not halfway up. Right, right. Well, I know um, regardless of the industry, you advocate looking at three categories of trends, the, the demographic trends, technology, and regulatory, right? So you would, you would emphasize that senior executives really need to be paying close attention to those three specific areas. Yeah. And let's think of it that way. Those are categories of hard trends, not soft hard trends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are hard trend categories. So a quick example, um, uh, 68 million baby boomers are not going to get younger. They're going to get older. Uh, and we know that. Matter of fact, many people are going to be retiring in your organization. Uh, are you capturing their knowledge before they leave? You have a database. Do you have a knowledge base? Do you have a wisdom base? Have you captured some of that wisdom? That can be done. That is, but have you? Or are we going to let them take all of that out there with them? Uh, so there's a lot of things and problems that we can predict and pre-solve or let them play out, just like there's unbelievable opportunities for them as they go out. For example, as people with great expertise retire, let's take a plumber. Let's take a, a job like a plumber an expert plumber who is now retiring. Well, most of us would like a little side income, but we don't want to go to work. We want to work when we want to work. 
So what if we had the new plumber that doesn't even know how to do plumbing have a little hat on with a little 4K uh, video camera, which can be the size of a fly's eye, and a little earphones to their their smartphone, and the remote plumber from on vacation or their house, whenever they want to work, can come in and mentor that person and see what they see, hear what they hear, and say, hey, pick up the screwdriver and do this and do that. Well, you get the idea. That could be applied, by the way, to management, leadership, and sales positions as well. So I am a fountain of giving you examples, but let me switch over from demographics to uh, regulatory. There's a lot of things that we cannot be certain about because hard trends gives you certainty, and certainty gives you the confidence to make bold moves. So uh, with hard trends um, in regulation, again, there's some things that are debatable, but there are a lot of things that are hard trends that are not. For example, will we have more regulation on cybersecurity? The answer is yeah, because there's some hard trends at play that we can't ignore, but there's some other things we could debate. So the key is looking at what do we know? What can we see? And the last one you mentioned was technology and their matter of fact, if people listening go to Burris, B-U-R-R-U-S dot com on the homepage and just scroll down one little notch you can uh, download for free my uh, 25 technology hard trends that are shaping the future and doesn't cost you anything. So if you're really curious, save us time in our discussion. (laughs) I highly recommend that. And I really like the emphasis on the question, what are we certain about? Because I know, especially during the pandemic, a lot of my clients were saying, we don't know what's going to happen. They they were kind of in in a mode of, of feeling like everything was being done to them. And really just to ask that question gave them a lot more confidence and power to move forward. So like that emphasis. Yeah. Well, a quick thought on something you just said. I want to key off a word you said. Things were happening to us. Um, what if we reframe that by saying to ourselves, think that things are happening for us? Yes, I do that a lot. But that shift, right, that shift helps us to see, you know, so what am I learning from this? What am I doing? And I think most of the businesses that were struggling were focusing on themselves, just like people focusing on themselves, because success is the goal. And success is all about you, your awards or your company and how profitable it is and all your successes. But when I helped companies start realizing and individuals realizing Instead of focusing on success, focus on elevating your significance because significance is about what you do for others. If you elevate your significance, the focus isn't on woe is me, you. It's on your on your customers, on your employees, on others, and looking for ways to help them. And by doing that, you know what? You help yourself and your company starts growing. So I would like every CEO listening to this to think to themselves, uh, I know you've got a successful company. Do you have a significant one? Are you a significant CEO or just a successful CEO? I mean, that's just one question, but a big one. And when it comes to communicating, I would like you to give your opinions less because if I hear your opinion, I'm going to think, great, but maybe I need another opinion. Uh, in other words, you left me with uncertainty. And the ultimate sales closing tool, whether you're speaking or selling, because speaking is selling, is certainty. Because if I'm uncertain, I'm still not going to move. So when you learn how to speak in future facts, which I teach in my learning systems and books, uh, you get people that are receiving receiving undeniable truths. And I've had um, audiences as big as 14,000 and huge audiences with, and in this country filled with Democrats and Republicans. And I've got them agreeing on everything. 
because I'm giving them future facts and I'm asking them, if you disagree, raise your hand. And, you know, out of uh, the last 12 years that I've been doing that, I've had no hands go up. So there's a way to bring people together in your organizations. That's a good tip. Who are right now thinking and de- and fragmented. Yeah. As a leader, we want to how bring them together and help them to do something that is significant and transformative to elevate our relevance because relevance, you're either going to be more or less, you can't coast and elevate our, uh, t- the idea of uh, growth and elevate transformation. Right. So now, now you're making me think about visioning, right? If you're th- thinking about the future and the trends and the opportunity that leaders have to create new visions, elevate their vision, um, there's so many different approaches to doing that and looking at the strategies to accomplish that. So would love to get your thoughts on kind of the new way of, of looking at your vision and or you know developing strategy. I know we've talked about the importance of, of doing strategy more frequently now, not having it be this kind of event-based process, but have, have it being kind of an embedded part of your culture, looking at it more regularly. But what are you what are you seeing or what do you suggest to CEOs and senior executives that are really wanting to create a new vision and develop strategies in new ways? Yeah, I really appreciate that. Well, that's where uh, those executives should either read Anticipatory Organization or get into the learning system, which you can find on my website first, because it will change really how you plan, how you innovate. Uh, so here's the idea. Um, For example, there's scenario planning and scenario planning is very popular, but, uh, and you come up with a bunch of potential scenarios and what you'll do if any of them happen. Basically, once you learn my system, you realize you just came up with a bunch of soft trends. Let's face it, if any of them were hard trends, you'd only need one scenario. So, uh, so these are all ifs and maybes. So I think that's important. You need to have your soft trends and opportunities. But you also, if you really want to do transformative planning, you need to have a list of certainties. By the way, there are thousands of them, not just 10 or 20. And when you start getting good at it, you all of a sudden, the future becomes more visible. It's kind of like driving at night and uh, you have your low beams on. And if you put on your high beams, you can see farther. Well, you know, what if you had aircraft landing lights? You could see a lot. That's what hard trends does. It illuminates the darkness and uh, it'll change your planning. So visioning and asking your people to be creative, uh, they may or may not be, but when you have tools and a, and a methodology that again, has a track record, as I'm suggesting, you'll find it is an amazingly powerful thing. And then the other planning methods fit within that framework, but now you know the framework. You never had a framework. It was just like, uh, you know, here, which ones are we doing? One other thing you said, Gail, it is so important. I need that. I need to mention this, and that is a lot of us do periodic uh, planning. We have an either it's annual. I mean, it, some companies and big ones do them every five years. Uh, some even do it every ten years. By the way, that's static planning, and static planning works well when the world isn't changing very fast. What we need now is dynamic change t- uh, planning. So you need a plan, but building change into the plan is as important as having the plan. And uh, just like failing to plan is planning to fail. So I think in this case, it gives you a way to have a dynamic plan as well. I won't get into all the details of that because we don't have time. Right. Well, I just wanted to echo uh, that and to say, you know, one tip I would offer is to engage more people in that planning process. 
Uh, just recently, I've had conversations with people within organizations that are saying things like, I'm not really sure what our priorities are. I'm feeling like we're kind of rudderless right now. So more reason to engage people in that process and get the clarity that they need to move forward and, and towards something that's really compelling. Well, exactly. You can see why you've run businesses in the past and have been uh, good at it. And you also help companies and you're good at it. And I can see why. Because um, if you are rudderless, it's because you have no certainty. Uh, you, what I would say that's a definition of a company or an organization or a mindset where the entire world is uncertain. I remember, uh, oh man, uh, over a decade ago, I met uh, the CEO of uh, GM and uh, I, he knew I was a futurist. And the first thing when we shook hands, he said, well, of course, no one can predict the future and be right. And I said, let's see it. Spring next will be summer. Hey, I think I'll be right. And I gave him a few others. And he said, OK, OK, OK. So uh, in other words, uh, this you need to discover the power of certainty if you're rudderless. And that's how you can bring people together. And then the other comment you made, which is very powerful, and that is, I would like planning to be more inclusive and less exclusive, because uh, we need to get people into the process. Uh, and uh, rather than these, this is the future and it's dictated to us. And there's a way to do that where you you don't end up with everybody being on the planning committee, but there are ways to do it where you can feel, get people empowered to feel like, hey, I'd like to, I need to send a note to them about this because they need to know that. And by the way, if somebody's got something I want to know and I'm a planner, I want to know it. So there's ways of empowering your people without making it a messy, messy thing. Yes, it definitely needs to be a co-creative kind of process. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to ask a question about trends since we've been focused on that. Is there any one trend that stands out that's most important that might affect all industries? Kind of a standout trend that you're saying that everyone, regardless of what field they're in or size organization that you think will be impacting virtually everyone? Yeah. Well, I think um, the biggest one is that in the next, let me make a prediction for you. And I'm going to make it a short range prediction. Futurists never do that because you might remember it. But I'm doing it because it's based on a hard trend. Therefore, I want you to remember it. In the next three years, by the way, that's a short time frame. Every process, how we sell, how we market, how we communicate, how we collaborate, how we innovate, how we train, how we educate, every process is going to be not changed, but transformed. Now, let's separate hard trends and soft trends. The way I know I'm right on that, actually the tools to transform every process that in your organization, listen to this right now, every, the tools are there already. Some of them are free to transform every process. And if it can be done, it will be done. It's going to happen. Now, what's the soft trend? Will you transform your processes? Well, I don't know. That's a soft trend. That's up to you. That's not a predictable fact. That is something that's an assumption. And uh, but and by the way, if everything can be transformed, where do you where do we start? And the answer is pick one that you feel that you can transform in the shortest amount of time with the biggest impact, and do that one. By the way, out of all your processes, the one that probably have the biggest impact on you. Hint: sales. So maybe transforming how we sell might be a good place to start. Now I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just giving you a hint. And uh, and I think. Uh, and how do we transform it? Well, you have to know the hard trends that are the transformational trends, and then you'll start seeing the opportunities, think that process, and bingo, all of a sudden, you start seeing a way forward. Mm -hmm. Good. 
Good. Well, I know we're just scratching the surface on so many issues and you have so much depth in what you bring. Um, I want to ask one one last question or possible last question. The, you know, the, the kind of people who listen to this podcast are mission-driven change agent leaders. Sometimes they're not at the top of the organization, but they see the importance of really um, having an influence, like uh, thinking more futuristically, moving the organization forward differently. What advice would you have for those that might be part of a larger system where they kind of get it, but they might have trouble influencing others or they're not able to get the buy-in that they need? Yeah, very important. First of all, a couple of quick things. Number one, start uh, learning how to speak in future facts that are undeniable truths and give your opinion less. That will help you get heard more. Secondly, if you're asking for money and support, which I'll bet you'll be doing, um, don't just tell them, here's what I'd like to do and here's what it's going to cost. Instead, here are the hard trend future facts that are shaping the future And if it can be done, it will be done. So let me also share before you tell me yes or no for what I'm asking for. Let me tell you the cost of not doing it, because if we don't, someone else will. And if you dimensionalize the cost of the no, uh, what they'll find is the no in today's world is more expensive than the yes. And you'll get more people moving moving forward. And the third is to um, focus on being significant rather than successful. The, the less you focus on you and trying to get your message out, and the more you focus on empowering them, and really, how can you help them? You know, all of a sudden, people want more of your mentoring, more of your help, and uh, you'll accelerate. Now, there's more to it, but I know I got to keep these answers short. Yeah, that's how we do it here. But um, good. Well, I know that there's so much more to cover and wanted to give you the opportunity to just share how people can learn more about your work. and. Um, yeah, the best way to, to contact you. Yeah, absolutely. And well, remember, I don't just write books. I've started six companies, five were profitable in the first year, four were national leaders in the first year. So this is based on, this has been tested in the field. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you go to Burris, B-U-R-R-U-S.com, uh, you will find uh, books if you want. Of course, Amazon has, I've written seven best-selling books, New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller. So Amazon has them. I would recommend as CEOs right now, anticipatory organization. And uh, and then uh, I know you've read it. Yes, I've got it flagged. I, I show this, I'm holding, I know people may not see this, but I'm holding up your book and it's got little stickies all in it because I've taken good notes. Yeah. And secondly, something else that I know you've done, and that is uh, I've got an anticipatory leader learning system, which is an award winner, by the way. And uh, uh, I think you'll find that extremely useful. And so on burst.com, you can find that as well. I have, uh, I write a blog a week. I've got a, uh, over a million followers on LinkedIn because I'm posting every week strategies. Hey, join the conversation. So there are many ways of, uh, of tapping in, but burst.com is a good portal to go to. Good, good. Well, I so appreciate your time and expertise today. Uh, I know that that we could have covered a lot more, but I'm sure the people listening in today have found a lot of value. So um, thank you for for sharing what you have and helping organizations think differently to move forward in new ways and create new opportunities. It's really exciting to see. Well, thank you. And let's remember not, not, not to go back, but let's go forward in a transformative way. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, I look forward to continue learning from you and um, to seeing what what you're developing next. So for people listening in today, I hope that you've gotten some good tips and insights to help you move forward in new ways and think differently. 
Um, I hope you have a great rest of the week doing the work that matters to you. Until next time, take care. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and visit workmatters.com. And if you have a question or suggestion for a future topic for the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. So keep growing as a leader and doing the work that matters to you. Until next time.